Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. I was just reading about how the Biden administration is going to block a bunch of these huge natural gas projects, which seems like the opposite of what you'd want to be doing right now. But they're always trying to make the radical Gen Zers happy. Like Emma, they're, you're you're their you're their base. You know, they're trying. No, of course, Emma's try as they might. It's not going to work <laughs> politically. Emma's not on Joe Biden's side, but they are always trying to. He's trying to make these people like him, and he's going so far out of his way because God forbid we tick off the people who might block traffic if they don't get their way. That's the group of people we should be bending over backwards to make happy. The, the chronic pains in the asses that are going to try to disrupt everything if they don't get exactly what they want when they want it. And by the way, the pro-Palestinian protesters they might have messed with the wrong octogenarian because they showed up at Nancy Pelosi's event last night. We're going to play some sound of that screaming at her. She's a little more of a die-fi type than Joe Biden. Like, I, I don't get the sense that she appreciates that or she's going to be nice to those people. She's used to getting her way. And so I wouldn't be surprised if she got a little nasty. But for people who don't remember, years ago, die-fi was confronted with some of these, you know, anti-natural gas you know, climate activists, and they were like 10 years old. So their teachers brought them into DiFi's office, using them as political pawns, as KJP might say, to make a point and to make Dianne Feinstein feel bad. Like that's how they're going to get their way. We'll have these children shame you into doing what they want. And DiFi, I didn't agree with all her politics, but it was a thing of beauty. She looked at this group and she was like, I've been doing this a lot longer than you have, okay? You're not going to come in here and tell me what to do. And she basically told them to lose my number, you know, like hit the road, get on out of here. Joe Biden needs a little bit of that energy. He needs to be able to look at these young voters and say, you're not getting your way this time. Sorry, but he can't because he's so afraid they're not going to vote for him, which they probably won't. 844-500-4242. Now, speaking of Gen Zers, we're joined, of course, by Emma Foley for everyone's favorite segment. It's Last Call with Emma. Last Call! Time now for your end-of-the-week wrap-up with Emma Foley. It's Last Call. Last Call. Last Call. Last Call. Let's go! Last Call! Last Call! Last Call! Let's go! Last Call, everybody. This is when Emma goes through any stories we might have missed this week. She collects the stories and then she reads them to us. Emma, what do you got going on today? Well, speaking of Gen Zers getting exactly what they want, I'm going to follow up to a story that you mentioned in the first hour. If you missed that story, you can head to the podcast. So you were talking about the self-checkout line. Yes, 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 yes. And you prefer interacting with people. And Gen Z does not prefer interacting with people. We see that time and time again. They love the self-checkout, but it's not only the lack of interaction. 
it is for the shoplifting. Oh, that could be a problem. Yes, it makes shoplifting easy. According to a recent survey of 2,000 Americans, nearly half of Gen Z said they steal the most expensive item in their cart. 37% say they steal necessities. Uh, well, <laughs> that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. What, what one person considers a necessity, another person might not. But let's get back to the issue here. So people are scanning, and then you do a little bit of like a, oh, so the scan for you, one scan for me it must type be, deal. It must be the ones that aren't don't have the scale that know that if you don't put it there and then it, the thing goes off, it starts blinking, and then you need a human being to come over. And you, and you know what, Emma, this brings us back to. So I one time heard of this thing called the shopping cart theory, and it's about whether or not we could function in society without laws and, you know, punishments. And you can you can base that off of whether or not people put away their shopping cart if they don't have to. Like, you're not going to get the guillotine for not putting away your shopping cart. So a lot of people leave it in the middle of the parking lot. Now, you could use this as well. Like you have to kind of use the honor system to a degree when it's self-checkout. I'm such an honest Abe that I, and how he's, if he's listening, he's going to roll his eyes. I add in how many bags I'm using. But that's just because, and that's, I'm not bragging about that. That's not a good thing. That's because I've been so beaten down by the rules. And that's because it's the store that's being, the store has to pay the 10 cents to the government. They're the ones being taxed for the bags. It's not... It's not the government taxing the consumer. It's the government taxing the store. So you, you're trying to make excuses for me. It's not because of that. It's because I'm a square. Okay. It's because I'm a giant square and I, I don't rebel against anything. Gen Z believes it's an act of civil disobedience to steal from grocery stores. Yeah, well, we were told a while ago during the, the peaceful protests that looting and stealing things is... Anti-capitalist civil disobedience. Yeah, and it's like restorative justice or something. Right. So justice one shopping. Justice shop. Yes. One 19-year-old says, "I don't believe that stealing from large corporations is immoral as it detracts from systems that exploit workers and resources for economic gain." A lot of buzzwords there. Yeah, it, she's a freshman in college probably. It's almost like, well, you know, it, it's a big box store, so is anyone really suffering? That's probably what they're telling themselves. Right. Or even if they suffer a little bit, that's good. They did their part. They could use the suffering a little bit. Yes. So retailers are seeing a shrink problem and they're seeing 4% loss if you use self-checkout. However, the Amazon stores and the Whole Foods that use the, you you don't even need to scan it. You pick it up and go. And it just senses. It has, yeah, you just like put your hand on something. Yes, yeah. They're, it's, so, it's so black mirror. I don't so like that. So weird. Uh, they're not seeing a problem. So that could be the future or they'll go back to real people. Why do you like the self-checkout besides the shoplifting? There are no people there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Emma's not <laughs> shoplifting just so everyone knows. You know what, though? I will admit, if I have a pepper... And there's no sticker on the pepper. The sticker has don't say you're you're mysteriously on the air, disappeared. So be careful with what you're going to say. I am so careful, but I'm also honest. And then you you type in pepper because they make you type in the word because the number isn't there. And then they give you eight pictures of peppers, and you forget which pepper you pick. You're just clicking whichever one's there. I'm clicking the the one that looks financially <laughs> appealing to me. I don't think you'll get in trouble for that. That's good. That's good. Um, actually, the other day I was getting a shallot and he, the the guy at the, the register was trying to find it on the little thing, kept entering it in and it just wasn't happening and he gave me the shallot for free. See, that's the 2% shrinkage loss that retailers see with people who run the cash register, people giving away shallots. 
I loved it. You know what? I was like, we're all in this together. That's how I felt. When he put that shallot in my bag, I was like, yes, I'm so glad I came to this register and I didn't do self-checkout. Because the self-checkout to me is just lonely. But I'm the type of person, I like a hello. I like a, hey, how's it going? You know, I, I like to stand there and say, and, and here's one thing that happened the other day. I'm in the line. I got the um, the store brand pizza. The, the other woman in the line says to me, how's that pizza? You like it? I said, I haven't tried it, but it's cheap today. She goes, hmm, curious. That kind of conversation fuels me. And you're, see the Gen Z, you guys just want to keep, you want to keep the hood on and just, and, and you just want to keep, Emma Foley just wants to have her, she's like eight miles, she wants to have her hood on, her headphones in, and just keep going on her way. Get the food, yeah, I'm in the zone. Yep. Yeah. All right, there's a new film coming out, Grace. Actually, two new films. Really exciting, but not exciting if you are a fan of the classics. So Kenya Barris is going to remake The Wizard of Oz and It's a Wonderful Life. The Wizard of Oz. Well, I'm actually surprised that it hasn't been remade before now when I think about it. Well, I mean, they did The Wiz. But that's a totally different movie. And Wicked, the musical. But it's not a remake of The Wizard of Oz. No, that's true. Yes. So Kenya Barris, he's famous for his shows Blackish, Mixedish, Black AF. He's also remade the 1992 film White Guys Can't Jump. And he's also made, remade the movie Cheaper by the Dozen. It was too white. He's made it more diverse and inclusive. He wants to take a modern and inclusive spin to these two classics. Um, he's, so he's going to make The Wizard of Oz. Dorothy's going to be living in um, The Bottoms, which I've never been to California, but apparently it's a, it's a not nice area of California. And it suffers from severe gang violence. And Dorothy's going to wish for a different life. She's going to go to a magical land and then realize that she should be there all along. So is it going to be the Santa Ana winds instead of a tornado that takes her there? Because, I mean, California is notorious for its tornadoes. Apparently the script is finished. It's not public yet. We'll have to see exactly how she's taken to Beverly Hills or wherever it is. Do you guys want to know something? I know it sounds like I'm being braggy this, this segment. I'm really not trying to brag. I have a relative who's in The Wizard of Oz. The, is it Julie Garland? The, the original. The original? I just dropped that on you guys right now. Wow. My relative, distant relative, but relative nonetheless, was, hold on here, hold on, Emma, fill time for a second, because I got to find his role in The Wizard of Oz. Uh, okay. Um, he's also remaking It's a Wonderful Life, the Frank Capra classic film, but he's not the first one that's pointed out its whiteness. So the Supreme Court Justice, Ketanji Brown Jackson, talked about how white the film was back when she was arguing against the 303 Creative LLC. We have that cut, cut 12, please. I'm a public business. I'm a photographer. My belief is that, you know, uh, I'm doing It's a Wonderful Life scenes. That's what I'm offering, okay? I want to do video depictions of It's a Wonderful Life. And um, I, knowing that movie very well, I want to be authentic, and so only white children and families can be uh, 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 customers for that particular product. Everybody else can, I'll, I'll give to everybody else, I'll sell them anything they want, just not the It's a Wonderful Life depictions. Um, I'm expressing something, right, for your purposes, that, that speech. What about, uh, what's the other step? It's speech, and I can say anti-discrimination laws can't make me sell the It's a Wonderful Life package to uh, non-white individuals. Right, so we know that 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 argument made no sense. 303 Creative ended up winning that case. It had nothing to do with 
race or photo packages or anything like that. I guess people are upset. I've never heard anyone in real life say that It's a Wonderful Life is too white. Um, it's really about- You know what I've heard people say? I've never heard of such a brutal and shocking injustice that I cared so little about. You know what I've heard people say? It's a Wonderful Life. It's a little too depressing. It's the story of a soul that is depressed. It's a long Taylor brings movie. up a good point. The movie is in black and white. What's the problem? Facts. You you don't even know. It's I I get I get it. My dad right now is probably screaming because he loves this movie, and I can't remember the, the name of the character that our great 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 uncle was in Wizard of Oz. The so, Munchkin, Munchkin Four. I think he drove the horse of a different color. I hope I'm right about that, but I'll I'll confirm it during the break. But all I was gonna say is. I know. So it's is the a, horse of a different color going to be a different color in the new? I believe Wizard of Oz? in the Wizard of Oz, it's purple, green. It's every color of the rainbow. Um, but what I was going to say about it's a wonderful life and that conversation, we can have some other day. The only thing I was going to say is I find the movie to be a little bit of a downer. Yes, I believe. I wish. I wish that Barris came up with his own art, and it can tell about the experience of minorities in America. But he's he claims he's a big believer in intellectual property. Then go make your own thing. We could also have this conversation beyond these movies and just about remakes in general, because the remake situation. I am against remakes. It's constant. It's yes. constant. And you know what movie I want to watch? I'm going to watch it this weekend because it's not a remake. It's an original movie and people say it's very good and it was filmed here in Boston. I think parts of it might have been filmed at Deerfield is The Holdovers with Paul Giamatti. So I'm going to watch that this weekend as an original movie that I've never seen before. And I'll let you know what I think. Emma Foley, thank you so much for coming in studio. I will confirm um, what role my great, 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 great uncle played in The Wizard of Oz so that you can... I know you're all just like dying to know on the edge of my seat everyone's just chomping at the bit uh we will be right back with more this is the grace curly show you're listening to the grace curly show This is the Grace Curley Show. We've been gone such a long time, and we feel so messy. What kind of a horse is that? I've never seen a horse like that before. No, it never will again, I fancy. There's only one of him, and he's it. He's the horse of a different color you've had tell about. <laughs> All right, so I have both my parents now texting me. Very different narratives here from Gene and Jim. My dad, I had said, oh, I guess my relative, I think he drove a horse of a different color. My dad just writes, you are correct. That's what my dad writes. My mother, on the other hand, writes, no relation. It was by marriage. So the our connection to this horse driver was by marriage. She said, very far removed. So now this is a little bit of a controversy here in the Curly family. Very skinny legs on the, the buggy driver. Brawny guy, but skinny legs. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. It's a, it's a, it's a family treat. <laughs> no, um, uh, if what my mom is saying is true, then my dad has some explaining to do because he talks about this like it is direct family tree. You can connect it, and now we're getting kind of different, different takes. By the way, one other thing I wanted to point out: people are texting me about whether they're team self checkout or team. Um, going to the register and like talking to somebody. And a lot of people agree with me. They like the interaction, but I do think it's a generational thing. I don't think the younger people want to have it, want to have a chit chat. I get it from my mom. She likes to talk. One time, Jared, my mom 
was at a hardware store and she had to get a key made or something. And she starts talking to the other guy in line. And she said, you know, the problem is with my key, blah, 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 blah. And the guy looks at her and goes, I don't work here. And my mom, instead of just calling, you know, instead of just saying, all right, this guy's not into it. He doesn't want to talk to me. My mom looks at him and she goes, I know you don't work here. I was just trying to have a conversation. She tells me this and I'm like, oh, God, (laughs) mom, can't start fighting with people at the hardware store. But she also likes that kind of back and forth, that interaction. Some people like it. Some people don't. Today's poll question is brought to you by the Nauset Beach Inn. Right now, you can stay at the Nauset Beach Inn for under $200 this winter. To reserve your pet-friendly ocean view room, go to NaussetBeachInn.com. That's NaussetBeachInn.com. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at GraceCurlyShow.com, is who will blink first, Greg Abbott or Joe Biden? Now, Jonathan Turley and some other people think that uh, Greg Abbott's going to have a hard time in the courts with this and that things aren't looking good for him. But I I actually I think that in this case, it's going to look so bad for Joe Biden if he keeps pushing this, because the the natural reaction from people is going to be, why do you want the border open so bad? Like, why is this what you're passionate about? This and wearing hard hats the wrong way. And listening to barrels of beer. Why Why are these the only things that seem to drum up any sort of determination in you? So I think that Biden's going to blink first. 90% of the audience agrees with you. They say Biden. 10% for Greg Abbott. All right. When we come back, we're going to talk about this piece in the Wall Street Journal. It's the Trump MAGA purge. The former president wants to banish Haley's donors and anyone else who doesn't bow down before him. This is from the editorial board. And I agree with the the overall point of this, which is we are not in a position in the Republican Party to be turning people away or to be turning away money. And I don't think it's a good idea. Um, And yeah, so that we all know what that's going to mean, right, Jared? That means that I'm secretly pushing for Nikki Haley. And you are not welcome in MAGA. I'm a rhino. Disgrace. I'm a rhino for the next 20 minutes. Uh, 844-500-4242. We'll talk about this. We'll take your calls. And also, Governor Sununu kind of saying the quiet part out loud about Nikki Haley in South Carolina. Don't go anywhere. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. People are pointing out that the Wall Street Journal is very anti-Trump, and therefore I should not pay any mind to this latest op-ed about the Trump MAGA purge. And there's definitely reason to take everything they're saying with a grain of salt. But when I saw that Trump was banishing or barring anyone who contributed to Nikki Haley from the MAGA camp, I'd be lying to all of you if I didn't say that got me a little bit nervous. Because, again, I I don't think... Trump has a problem right now, and they break this down. Trump has a problem with these Nikki Haley voters. And I'm not talking about the Democrats who voted for Nikki Haley 
to goose her numbers and to spike Trump. I'm talking about what we would call the establishment, rhino, Republicans. He needs those people like he does, and he doesn't have them right now. So I don't think telling those people that, you know, if if you do change your mind or if I do end up being the guy, you're not going to be welcome in my party. I don't think that's a smart strategy. And part of part of the thing I've noticed lately is that if I support Trump or if I want Trump to win, then there's this narrative that I can't ever say anything critical about him or I have to pretend I think everything he does is a great idea. And I just don't know who that's benefiting. Like, is that b- besides the, the Trump supporters who just don't want to hear anything negative? I don't think that's helping him. I think that actually, like he did yesterday with this uh with this RNC situation where he said, I thought that was a smart move. I thought that was a smart move that he said, I want to win this the old fashioned way. I want to get the delegates. I don't want to become the presumptive nominee because the RNC declares it. So I thought that was a smart move. I don't think saying anybody that makes a contribution to bird brain from this moment forth will be permanently barred from the MAGA camp. We don't want them and we will not accept them. I would, you know what I'm going to do right now? We only have a little bit of time here. But if you are on board with that, if you think that's a good strategy, if you think that's a winning strategy, call up and explain it. Because maybe, maybe there's a part of this that I'm just too much of a rhino to understand. 844-500-4242. Another part of um, this conversation that I want to have is about Chris Sununu. Because he goes on, he goes on the radio. I think he was on... Was it serious? Uh, WFEA. Oh, WFEA. Okay, so he's on the Pulse of New Hampshire. Proud affiliate of the network. Yes, and um, he was on the Pulse of New Hampshire, and he decides to talk about the South Carolina primary, and this is the quote. He said, in South Carolina, if you're a Democrat, you can just walk in the door and vote. So there is a lot of opportunity there for Nikki Haley. <sighs> that would be saying the quiet part out loud. In other words, as much as they were able to goose the numbers and she still wasn't very successful in New Hampshire, we might be able to get out people to vote in spite of or to spite Donald Trump. We might be able to get even more Trump haters out in South Carolina. Like that's the argument you're making is and and, and even if that is the argument you're making, Sununu, there's no way you think that's a path to victory. Like that's always the phrase I've heard. Year after year after year. Every time there's an election. I don't see a path to victory. I don't see a path to victory. How we had a caller the other day who said, there's no path to victory here for her. She should have to explain it. She should have to explain it. Not that the donors care. They're setting their money on fire. But she should have to explain it to the other Republicans who she, ca- she claims to care so much about. She claims to care so much about beating Joe Biden. Well, then explain to us why you're still in this if there's no path to victory. Unless there's some magical path and in invisible ink that's on the back of the declaration of independence that i can't see and nicholas cage is going to bring to light i don't understand how you're going to do this although how awesome would it be if all the democrats and independents did take ballots and voted for nikki haley in south carolina where joe biden is on the ballot where the democrats decided to change the first in the nation primary and he he gets like three percent of the vote because they all decided to go after trump yeah <laughs> but uh... I, I don't I don't see that happening either. Joe Biden, I don't know how they managed that. That was a point Howie brought up the day after the New Hampshire primary. He did a write-in initiative in New Hampshire because they didn't sanction that as a primary. The Democrats didn't sanction it. 
and they managed to count it, Jared, what, within like a couple of hours? How did, that, that is actually something. I'm sure it was all above board. That makes me go, what? I'm sure no votes for Dean, Dean Phillips. Because think about it, think about Marianne it. Marion Williams and got thrown aside. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they have, you can do the write-ins through the computer, but I'm pretty sure they have to read those, right? Because like every single, every single one has to be read by a person. So it's strange to me that they were able to do that so quickly. But you know what? Maybe it means that in 2024, maybe it means in this next election, we won't have to wait like eight days to figure out who the president is. Here's hoping. Jason, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Jason. Hey, Grace. Uh, thanks for having me on. Just a quick thing uh, on the, what Trump's remark. Uh, the way I read that was he was talking about the mega donors that want to have a say in the White House because he preceded that by saying that you know, before in the last election, uh, you know, they, people donated to other people. They said, hey, hey we want to help you out, too, now. And I think it's the, the mega donors you're talking about that want to have, you know, people that want to be the walk in the White House, help select cabinet members, stuff like that. Yeah, but I, I just have to go based off what he wrote. Like, I, I can't play this game of trying to pretend that he didn't just write anybody that makes a contribution to Bird Brain from this moment forth, will be permanently barred from the MAGA camp. And and the other thing I'll say is a strength that Donald Trump has is that he has a pretty quick... He has a pretty, a pretty quick bounce back with people. And what I mean by that is he doesn't... And you might hear this and go, well, what Trump are you looking at? But he really doesn't hold a grudge. Like, think about 2016. Think about all the mud that was thrown back and forth between Trump and Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio and all these people and a lot of rhinos who hated Trump, Jeb Bush, all these people. I'm not saying he made up with Jeb Bush, but there's a lot of people who Trump went back and forth with who, to his credit, over time, he won over. Rand Paul, Ted Cruz, like people who really did not like him, who really thought he was a bad pick. They ended up coming to the table. He ended up making amends and winning them over that's his strength and so for him to say if you contribute to Nikki Haley and yeah he's probably talking about the big donors like you know the behind the scenes guys I get that I get what he's probably saying but you don't want to say that you you don't want to come off like only only my people who are with me now because if that's the case what if he did that for example I liked Ron DeSantis and what if now he's saying, and he's not saying this, but my point is, you don't want someone like me who will throw their support behind you to feel like, oh, well, he doesn't want me. Like, he, he doesn't want my support. That's that's not a winning message. And that's all I'm about here. I'm not about trying to convince people he meant this or this is four-dimensional chess or anything like that. I'm just about winning. I want him to win. And I don't know how you win by rejecting big money and also like holding these grudges like like going on these revenge tours afterwards you want to be looking forward you want to seem magnanimous you want to seem like listen i you didn't like me before that's okay you know you're you're part of the team we're going to do this anyway that's how i would approach it but far be it from me to try to offer up any tips 8445004242 okay one other thing i wanted to mention here I got to play this Nancy Pelosi sound. Think way back when Nancy Pelosi was being interviewed about the far left radical socialists that were infiltrating the Democrat Party. Do you remember what she said? 
She said, that's like five people. That's like five people. Well, those five people have a lot of followers, a lot of fans, a lot of young activists who are very anti-Israel and who are now very anti-Chuck Schumer, anti-Nancy Pelosi, anti-Joe Biden. And so Nancy Pelosi's at this event last night and she gets heckled. Can I hear this, Jared? Nancy Pelosi, you are complicit in the Israeli crime of genocide. I'm an Iraqi refugee and I watch your government. You represent, kill a million of my people. You killed 70,000 Afghans, and now over 30,000 Palestinians have died due to your complicity. We demand an end to the Zionist occupation of Palestine. We demand an end to the 17-year-long brutal siege of Gaza to be lifted. We demand an end. End the occupation now. 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 No, it's amazing because these protesters, when they were when they were on the side of Nancy Pelosi or AOC or any of these people, when they were supporting them, when they were voting for them. They ne- no one could have ever imagined, none of these Democrats could have ever imagined how this was going to go wrong. None of them could have ever imagined how indoctrinating an entire generation to hate this country, to hate the West, how that was ever going to backfire. And, and this, is a, this is a real issue with Democrats right now is they, they're very short-sighted. Like they, could, they can never play it out a couple years ahead. How is this going to work a couple of years ahead? Same thing with illegal immigration. Oh, well, it's in Texas now. I don't have to worry about it. They never go to the next step. Well, what happens when people start coming to New York or people start coming to Chicago? No, that, that's never going to be an issue. And then once it gets there, once the frog gets boiled, they stand there and they say, what's happening? Like, this is so crazy. Well, how did you think this was going to work? Mike, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Mike. Hi, Grace. Love your show. My daughter goes to Providence College. Go Friars. Yes. Um, I wanted to bring, yeah, the um, the kids that are, you know, pro-Gaza, that is a mess. But I wanted to go back to why Trump wants to bar the Haley supporters or the Haley donors. I think it's so hard for him to weed out good people that can make good recommendations like for instance, the Char- the Christie recommendation. I mean, he has to weed the rhinos out, and I think that's a great way to do it because you don't want them infiltrating your campaign. And then next thing you know, he's got um, people. Remember last time he was president, everybody was tattletailing on him to the press behind closed doors, and he was yeah. trying to find the leaks. Yeah, it was yeah, it was a nightmare. Yeah. So, 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 Mike, thank you for the call. Uh, go Friars. Hope your daughter is loving it there. Um, I think there has to be a way. <laughs> there has to be a way. Maybe like a Kellyanne Conway or someone who's pretty brilliant in the political world can figure this out. But there has to be a way to have better cabinet picks, better people giving you advice, better people surrounding you, less swamp creatures in your orbit without 
without disparaging or discounting a lot of votes that you are going to need to win in the general election. That's my concern here. I am not suggesting that Donald Trump, if he, God willing, becomes president again, that he should be calling up Nikki Haley and her team and asking them to help him pick the, you know, the FBI director or asking her to be ambassador to this place or VP or anything. That's not, but, but the, the, that doesn't have to be it. You know what I mean? There's a there's a there's a medium here where you don't hire Nikki Haley or you don't hire Chris Christie or Christopher Ray or a swamp creature without casting off their entire voting base. Just my take. When we come back, we'll talk to Howie Carr. Uh, We've got a lot of questions for him on this Friday afternoon, so don't go anywhere. Howie, speaking of, got the flu shot. He came down with the flu. The mailroom manager came down with RSV. She's been traveling um, from Florida to Boston. And sometimes when you're traveling, you get run down. It's easy to get sick. And then you couple in the fact that we have winter. We're in the middle of winter, and it gets really, really hard to stay healthy. So you need to be ready. You need to be prepared. Because sometimes if you can hop on or you can um, you can tackle a sickness right when you get it, you can really shorten the amount of time that you feel down in the dumps for. And that's what the emergency med kit is all about. It has eight potentially life-saving medications to fight COVID, bronchitis, pneumonia, nausea, and so much more. And these are medications you've heard of, you've wanted to get your hands on when you don't feel well. It's medications like amoxicillin, ivermectin, z These are antibiotics, antivirals, antiparasitics, everything you need. It's like having a doctor. It's like having a pharmacy in your cabinet. And after your purchase, you'll complete a clinical intake form. It's going to give you all the directions once you're approved, and it will be shipped right to your front door, which is awesome. So this is what you want to get your hands on. Um, and it handles everything from the benign tick bites to extreme bioterror events. It's going to have you covered in any scenario. And it's like having a doctor in a box. Order today. This is where you want to go. TWC.health slash curly. Use code curly10 for 10% off. It's C-U-R-L-E-Y. So that's TWC.health health slash curly don't forget to use curly 10 for 10 percent off we'll be right back hi it's toby from cape gunworks i'm taking all your firearm and self-defense questions every tuesday join grace and me for 2a tuesday tuesdays at 2 p.m This is the Grace Curley Show. A big miscalculation I think um, some people in the establishment are making, some Republicans are making, and I'm getting this from something I heard Mark Thiessen say, is that when you talk about this path to victory, when you talk about Nikki Haley, and we just mentioned that Kristen Nunu is now saying, well, you know, all these, she might have an even better chance in South Carolina if all these Democrats come out and vote for her. What what I heard Mark Thiessen say at one point is that if it were Nikki Haley, like in this world that it were Nikki Haley, these establishment Republicans think that Trump supporters, the MAGA people, 
would vote for Nikki Haley over Joe Biden. Like, in other words, well, they'll never actually vote for Joe Biden. They're too they're too good of patriots. They're not going to vote for him. So then they'll vote for Nikki Haley. But but here's the double standard. The Nikki Haley people would never, ever consider voting for Trump. And I have Howie Carr on the line right now. Howie, I think that's a miscalculation. I've talked to a lot of MAGA people who would rather not vote at all than vote for Nikki Haley. Yeah, but I don't believe that either. You know, I, I don't believe it. I mean, I think if, uh, you know, it, you got to vote uh, against Joe Biden. I mean, it's, I agree. It, it's really this is this is really an even bigger election than the last two. I agree, but I'm curious if that would be the case. And I, I do think it's kind of like Chris Sununu and these people, they think that they can just get what they want and that the MAGA voters, they care too much about the country. They'll end up going with her anyway. Yeah, I think I think they will. I, I don't I, I don't think she's a real threat at this point. And I, and I, I wouldn't have uh, said what uh, Trump said about throwing him out of the party. He's just he's he's P.O.'d and I, I don't blame him for being uh, angry about it. But sometimes you just got to turn the other cheek. I, I always say, you know, the customer is always right. If someone wants to give me money, they're my customer. They're always right. Yeah. And, and you know what, Howie, the other part of it, too, is that he's he's letting people know exactly what which buttons to push and I, I was thinking about this the other day with the old age stuff he's absolutely right that it gets under his skin because it drives me crazy because i'm sitting here going oh now all these people are going to lecture us about how trump's too old after they ignored how old joe biden is for four years but he makes it too obvious that it's a, a good strategy to get under his skin yeah, and Joe Biden just keeps making these terrible decisions, like about this uh, liquefied natural gas. I mean, you know, uh, Manchin is now saying he's going to hold hearings. I mean, you know, it's almost like he's prodding Manchin into getting into the race. <laughs> you know, and 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 RFK and Andrew Cuomo have both come out basically in support of uh, Greg Abbott. I mean, what does that what does that tell you about this border policy that they've got? Yeah, it seems like the only thing he's motivated to do is to ruin everything. And every day he gets up and he makes his big to-do list. What can I ruin today? Howie Carr is coming up next. He's got a great show planned for you. Thank you all for tuning in this week. And check out the podcast wherever you get them.